Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about flair in African football. Now, while the continent used to be famous for players like Roger Miller and JJ Okocha and the amazing things that they could do, these days there's certainly less flair in the African game. And some feel that the game is becoming too European in Africa. We look back at the Africa Cup of Nations and assess how things were there. And Cameroon legend Joseph Antoine Bell believes that the flair is needed. What we need is entertainment. We want people who win games by playing well, not people who win games by just not losing it. We look too at how football in general has become more scientific, with results perhaps more important than entertainment, plus your thoughts on the Nations Cup. So the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations is done with Algeria the champions. I'm back home in Zimbabwe now after a great time in Egypt. And there's lots still coming up on the African football calendar. We have the African Nations Championship, the Chan qualifiers this weekend and next weekend. And then the following weekend, that's the 9th of August, the preliminary round of the CAF Champions League and the Confederation Cup begins. And that same weekend, the English Premier League kicks off with the pre-season in full swing now for the Euro. European clubs. Now, more coaches have parted ways with their national teams after the Nations Cup. Here in Zimbabwe, Sunday Chidzamba stepped down as coach on Wednesday as the Warriors finished bottom of their group in Egypt. Frenchman Hervé Renard quit as Morocco coach after their round of 16 exit on penalties to Benin. Morocco were, of course, one of the pre-tournament favourites for Egypt 2019. And the latest FIFA World Rankings after the Nations Cup see the champions Algeria move up 28 places to number 40 in the world and number 4 in Africa. Senegal are still top uh, after moving up two places to number 20 in the world after finishing runners-up to Algeria. It's the Taranga Lions' best-ever ranking. Nigeria, who came third in Egypt, go up 12 places to 33 in the world and number 3 in Africa. Tunisia, who were the other semi-finalists at the Nations Cup, remain second on the continent but go down four places to 29 in the world. And the surprise quarter-finalist Madagascar move up 12 places to 96 overall in the top 100 now in the world, our Madagascar. So our main topic on Planet Sport Football Africa this week is flair in African football, or maybe the lack of it right now. Over the years, fans have loved the likes of Cameroon's Roger Miller, a star of the 1990 World Cup, and Nigeria's JJ Okocha in the 90s and 2000s with the simply staggering things that he could do with the ball. There was the likes of Nwanko Kanu also for Nigeria in the same era, and Senegal's El Hadji Jouf from the 2002 World Cup onwards. Well, the European influence is clearly getting greater in African football, and the style of play has changed over the years. At the Nations Cup, I spoke to Cameroon legend Joseph Antoine Bell. He was the indomitable Lions goalkeeper from the late 70s up to the 90s and was named African Goalkeeper of the Century by the International Federation of Football History and Statistics. I first asked Bell about one particular game at this just-ended Nations Cup that totally lacked flair and looked like two European teams going head-to-head. That was the goalless draw in a group game between Cameroon and Ghana. It's a game I saw. It was for me. It was a poor game. It was not a football game. Not entertaining. Nothing. 
not as one of the team having in mind that they have to win. Nobody thought about winning the game. So that one wasn't a good game and that one was not an attractive game and one that you can show abroad to sell African Cup of Nations. You have to forget it. So it was a bad one and it wasn't in, uh, in that good spirit of Africa where you, everybody really plays and uh, you are there to win and try to win. Is African football getting less African and more European? There's something. Uh, you can uh, notice that uh, the two coaches playing the final are Africans. So now there's something changing. And I hope we are going to, to keep changing. And uh, I don't want people saying there is a European style or an African style. There are, you have good style or bad style. Uh, yes, in Europe, people want to win. Bar- Barcelona is from Europe and they entertain everybody. So what we need is entertainment. We want people who win games by playing well, not people who win games by just not losing it. Can you come to the Africa Cup of Nations these days and play like Roger Miller used to do in those days? Would that work anymore? No, you can You can But today, I think there is something. You cannot do less with more. The science has made a lot of progress and we know our body better than before so they can train. There is, it's a, a matter of philosophy. What do you want from football? Do you want to entertain people, to bring people? What we should do now in Africa is thinking about that. Uh, if people do, do not come to watch games, maybe it's also because there is no entertainment and then they just come to support their team. We want people to come to support football, to watch football. And if you want to watch football, I'm not a uh, 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 Spanish, but I, I, I love watching Barcelona. So you can do the same thing. We have to think like that, trying to have good teams displaying good football so that Anybody, even those who have never seen a football game, you can take them to the field and then they will say, oh, I want to come back. So you want to be technically, tactically sound, but you, it's still possible to have that African flair, that excitement? Yes, of course. Of, you just have to keep that flair and then to add something. You never uh, improve by cutting what was good and then trying to copy what is not good enough. So you can be no, you cannot say for Af- for an African to be African is to be not serious. No, no, you can still have the flair, and then say we want to add more seriousness of in everything we do. So uh, it's not forbidden to be entertaining people and being serious. So that's Cameroon legend Joseph Antoine Bell, one of the greatest African goalkeepers of all time. Uh, So, Solomon, lots to talk about there. Uh, First of all, do you agree that the flair on display at this Nations Cup and other recent editions is less compared to how it was, let's say, in the 80s and 90s? Well, Steve, I definitely feel that the display at recent editions is, is less compared to how it was, uh, you know, back in the 80s and, and the 70s. I wouldn't, 
you know, mentioned the 70s, but of course we could follow historically and, and see the exploits of players like Sheguna Degwami of Nigeria, Abdul Razak of Ghana, uh, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, uh, which the flair was totally on display. Uh, you know, you're talking about African Nations Cup where when flair is displayed, dribbled, is displayed by, you know, creative players, you get a huge cheer and, and the crowd goes wild just just like you, we they go wild today when when you see a goal that was the level of uh, appreciation of the flair that comes with the unique african style of football and most definitely the 80s and the 90s we saw quite a lot of it you know in ghana there was also abidi pele we saw uh, players uh, like Dr. Kumalo from uh, South Africa, Peter Nluvu uh, from Zimbabwe. We saw Cyril Makanaki from uh, also from Cameroon and Roger Mila himself. So we 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 definitely looking at a, a total contrast. And I remember back in the day, back in the day, only a few professional African players play outside the shores of Africa. We had had. You know, players moving around Africa. We had the likes of Henry Mosu uh, in the 80s moving to play for uh, Asseg Mimosas in Cote d'Ivoire. You know, African players moving to Gabon, uh, moving to Egypt. Uh, and, and, and so you maintain the same culture. You maintain the same influence and the same style. But as soon as you go over to Europe, which uh, has a, some sort of a different approach to football, tactically looking to be sound and looking to be uh, very alive, so you, you get to relinquish some of the flair and some of the creativity that you brought in as an African football player. And, and I guess that has transformed into our different national teams and we've lost it. Uh, so when we go to the Africa Cup of Nations, we, we see uh, a different approach uh, uh, to games lately because most of the players play in, in the European League and they're used to a certain style. Some of the coaches, a lot of the coaches actually uh, are Europeans, so they, they don't understand the African flair uh, or creativity that comes with approaches to, to football games. And also because of, of the fans, they, they, the fans follow quite a lot of European football now. And I guess because of that, they have lost a bit of the edge when it comes to the appreciation of creativity and, and flair that comes with African football. And, and football has gotten to a level now where, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more about winning. Uh, instead of appreciating every facet of the, of the game now, the focus is always winning. Yeah, definitely. Uh, from the late 90s to the 2000s and until now, we, we definitely lost a lot of flair when it comes to the Africa Cup of Nations. Right, so things have changed. And let me ask that same question to you that I put to Joseph Antoine Bell. Can you go to the Nations Cup or the World Cup these days and play like Roger Miller? Would that work in today's football? It would be a bit difficult to uh, see uh, another display like the one of Roger Mila. You know, we remember him in uh, the 1988 uh, Africa Cup of Nations, actually. I remember that very well. I think he it was through him that... Uh, Cameroon was able to get, uh, you know, penalty uh, against Nigeria, and Nigeria lost that uh, 19, uh, 1988 Africa Cup of Nations in uh, 
in Morocco. In 1990, you know, we also saw him in 1994, and he single-handedly, you know, brought Africa's flair and football creativity uh, into a global stage and, and a global display, you know, and people, football fans still talk about it until this day. But in, I, I think it would be very difficult to be able to have another player that would distinguish himself that way, uh, and not because there is a lack of creativity, but also because... You know, at that level, uh, there's a lot of tactical awareness and there's a lot of uh, uh, teamwork instead of individuality on display like we saw from Roger Mila. And and also, you know, a lot of the football players have have lost a bit of uh, the creativity uh, to be able to take a risk. But I'm I'm not sure we're going to be see that anytime soon but you know there's always a player once in a generation that comes up and hopefully we're going to see a bit of that at the recent Africa Cup of Nations I'm not sure we we saw any of that uh, where we we would see a player scoring uh, a goal uh, after beating three four players and and those are the kind of things that you know we appreciate as Africans in in football and and uh, to go to the Nations Cup or to go to the World Cup and 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 have that kind of display you know we, we would love to see an African doing that, you know. Uh, recently, I think maybe the South Americans I have been able to do that because they've been able to maintain their identity, their football identity, in spite of the uh, European invasion. Yes, there's still that identity in the South American game. Uh, now, Stuart Weir with us, uh, our European football expert. Uh, he's in the UK. And uh, Stuart, football has changed greatly across the world in the past, uh, let's say, 50 years. As Joseph Antoine Bell pointed out, you often just can't afford to lose a game. There's so much science now. And indeed, we've talented youngsters being coached and drilled in academies from as young as seven years old. And indeed, some of those players do go on to represent African nations. Now, Steve, there's a story told about Sir Matt Busby, then manager of Manchester United, watching a 15-year-old boy called George Best and telling his coaches not to say anything to Best, but simply let his natural talent develop. It was not to be coached out of him. Now, of course, that was more than 50 years ago and how things have changed. Because, as you said, modern players have often been in their club's academy from the age of seven and every bit of their development as players is monitored and shaped. Another example from about 20 years ago, a friend of mine, Alan Comfort, playing for Middlesbrough under Bruce Riach, who went on to manage Arsenal. Now, Comfort was a left winger a flair player who liked to run at defenders. But he told me that he always played worse the half of the game where he was playing in front of the bench because when he got the ball, he heard Bruce Riach shouting, don't lose the ball. So no encouragement for him there to use his flair. And I think that's a very British attitude. Now, I thought that Bell's comments were very interesting, but I wonder how realistic they are in the modern game. When Roger Miller played in that amazing 1990 World Cup, I suspect most of the opposition coaches didn't know a lot about him. But of course, these days, international and club managers will have studied the opposition in detail, will have computer analysis about how often a player passes the ball, dribbles, right foot, left foot. Defenses are drilled much more. And all of this makes it much harder for the flair player to be successful. And it's all very well for Bell to say that Barcelona play with flair and everyone should do the same. But just look at the quality of players Barcelona always have. 
If you're a coach of a team playing against Barcelona, do you think it's realistic to say, right, we'll take them on and play their style of football? Realistically, you have to think of a way of nullifying their talents and flair and changing the game to your strengths. And you know, Steve, I think the bottom line is, would you rather your team played with flair and lost or played more what Joseph Antoine Bell would call boring football and win? And it may be a choice. Well, that's the big question, I guess. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. This week, we're looking at flair in African football. Let's go to our archives now. Here's Nigeria legend Wanko Kanu, who played for Arsenal for five seasons and was twice the African Footballer of the Year. I spoke to Kanu here in Harare in 2012 and asked about the flair in African football. Yeah, it's not the same, but um, in every country, I believe um, there's time you're not going to be as top as you are. We are not there yet, but we are building to be back again. Do Nigeria need that flair and that own individual way of doing things? Is that going to turn things around? Yeah, I think we have to bring back. We have to bring back the old times and have a freedom of football, you know, enjoyment. I think we have to bring that. Right now, we are too serious, but... Um, yeah, the young ones have to learn, and that's why we are not playing anymore now. So we leave it for them now to carry the battle. So that's the great Kanu. Also from our archive, two years ago I spoke to Abdul Razak of Ghana. He was the 1978 African Footballer of the Year. Razak played for many clubs, including the New York Cosmos, where he played alongside Pele, and Germany's Franz Beckenbauer and South Africa's Jomo Sono. Razak is adamant that flair should be a key part of African football. See, so for African football, they should, we should keep it up. We shouldn't abandon our... Because the Europeans cannot play our style. So we also don't need to play the European style. We keep to our African style. Dribbling, head with the ball, control, you can do anything on the field. You know, you shoot, you dribble, one, two, you go. It's not coming anymore. Becoming tactical, control, you give, you come back. On the right, you go left, you come back. And then finally he will love the ball to the 18. No, that's not African football. Not every team has that kind of... Uh, you see, so for African football, they should, we should keep it up. We shouldn't abandon our... Because the Europeans cannot play our style. So we also don't need to play the European style. We keep to our African style. Dribbling, head with the ball, control, you can do anything on the field. You know, you shoot, you dribble, one, two, you go. It's not coming anymore. Becoming tactical, control, you give, you come back, on the right, you go left, you come back, and then finally he will love the ball to the 18. No, that's not African football. So that's Ghana legend Abdul Razak. And again from our archive, Stuart spoke to Nigeria legend JJ Okocha and asked if his intention was always to go out and entertain the fans. Well, no, I mean, uh, it's always um, clear that you stand out if you have certain uh, natural talent, natural ability to do things that others could not do. You know, but of course, my main target then was always to, to win, you know, and of course, if we are winning comfortably, then it gives me the opportunity to exhibit my skills, you know, but uh, the main target is always to win and it's almost, uh, always the team. But I mean, I think of just some of the tricks, the way you would beat a defender and absolutely send him completely the wrong way. Well, I mean, that's a natural talent, you know. I mean, and that's, that's why it seems sometimes as if um, it's just for show, you know. But that's my own way of getting past players. And, and that's uh, maybe it was my strength. 
Well, it certainly was. Uh, so, Stuart, would more flair bring Africa more international success, or would it be asking for trouble these days? Well, JJ Acotta is an interesting example because I think he was one of the most skillful players ever to play in England. But it's interesting to hear him say that it was all about winning. He clearly viewed tricks in and of themselves as pointless. It was only worthwhile if it helped the team. And the manager who signed him for Bolton Wanderers, Sam Allardyce, said, I love JJ's tricks on the ball. I could watch him all day. But there's no point to a trick if it doesn't get you anywhere, if you don't come away with the ball. And JJ always performs with a purpose. And he did it against the best teams in the league. He had Manchester United and Arsenal in nuts. He could do the dragbacks, flickbacks, double step over. No one like him, not even Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's high praise indeed. But again, you see the stress that there's no point in flair unless it helps you to win. And perhaps at times African players have been content just to be the showman. And perhaps African teams went into the World Cup not really expecting to be successful. And these days, I think there's a lot more pressure to win and to win ugly rather than you know, to be very entertaining. That may seem frustrating to a lot of people, but I think that's the reality. And just to give you an example from last season, when Liverpool played Manchester United, I read a preview suggesting that Marcus Rashford's most important role in the game was to ensure that Andrew Robertson, the Liverpool left-back, was unable to get forward. And remember that Rashford is one of Manchester United's most talented players and a goal scorer. So Abdul Razak can talk about playing with freedom and enjoyment but if you're playing in the Premier League, your role is to help the team to win. That's what it's all about. And I have no doubt that if you asked Rashford, would you rather play with freedom or sacrifice that freedom in order to beat Liverpool? I have no doubt he would say he wanted to win the game. And perhaps that is the classic dilemma for African nations. Do you want to play with flair or do you want to do everything you can to win, even if it means winning ugly? Well, it's a big question. OK, Solomon, just finally on this, uh, Kanu and Abdul Razak say we need more flair. Joseph Antoine Bell says we should have freedom and enjoyment in the African game. How much are these things a part of the DNA of African football? Well, I feel both the views of Kanu and Abdul Razak and, and Mr. Bell actually are you know, on the same part of the DNA of African football. Uh, because when it comes to flair, you know, uh, it's, it's something that we on the streets, on the dusty streets of Africa, you know, from Cairo to uh, Nairobi to Accra or uh, Harare or Johannesburg, you know, flair is, is never missing. Uh, in South Africa, there's still a, an appreciation of flair and, and enjoyment, you know, where you would see football players displaying certain dribbling skills that, that football fans normally have a name for it. It's very important. We have to enjoy this. Uh, but, but at the same time, the boats are not so far apart. I think the amalgamation of boats is what we should be looking at. Uh, the amalgamation of uh, the flair to the amalgamation of uh, the, the enjoyment, the freedom to be able to, uh, to express yourself, to be able to be yourself. Uh, and, and at the same time, to be tactically aware, to be, uh, to, be, to be tactically sound, because I think that's one of the weaknesses of African football players. Sometimes we, we are very creative and, and uh, we display quite a huge flair and enjoy our football. But at the same time, whatever you do, there, there should be an aim to it, which is to get a, a result. 
Well, interesting. Thank you, Solomon. We're asking for your views on this on social media this week. Do we need more flair in African football? Certainly there is less flair in the African game these days. Some feel it's becoming too European in Africa, uh, but football in general has become more scientific and the results maybe are more important than entertainment these days. Do we, though, need to bring back the days of African flair when the likes of Roger Miller and JJ Okocha and Kanu used to delight us? You can give us your thoughts on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What do you think? Do we need more flair in African football, or is it maybe a thing of the past? Well, last week on social media, we asked for your reflections on the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations, what you thought about the tournament, your highlights and the moments that you'll remember in years to come. Here's Adrian Barnard with some of your comments. Yes, indeed. Thanks then, Steve. And we'll kick off today on WhatsApp with Mustafa Toure in Malaysia. Egypt's early exit from the showpiece kept me wondering until now, says Mustafa. It shows how the African nations have developed in their football. Before AFCON, no nation dared to match Egypt, who were the clear favourites. Well, yes, that's true, Mustafa. I think uh, most people were expecting the hosts to win, or at least uh, reach the final, but it just shows that uh, in football, anything can happen. Asaja B. Conte in The Gambia says, Yes, for me, those changes have worked well. The highlights for me were Algeria's last-minute win against Nigeria in the semi-finals and the performance of the Madagascar team. They really surprised the big guns, says Saja. Now, Samba Jaro, also in the Gambia, has three particular memories. The moments that I will remember are not really some good moments, says Samba. One is the poor attendance of spectators in the stadiums. It was only the home team that gets the huge crowds when they were playing. Second is a moment when Ghana were denied a very clear goal against Tunisia, the referee claiming that it was a handball, but replays having shown that the ball never touched the hand of the player. And I think if VAR had been introduced earlier in the tournament, it would have been better. And thirdly, that moment of Mahrez's goal in the last minute of the game against Nigeria. He reminds us of what a great player he is. It was an absolutely great goal. And uh, Bobby Brown, also in the Gambia, agrees on two of those points. I remember that late goal that Algeria scored to beat Nigeria, says Bobby. But I'm really disappointed on the turn-up of fans at most of the matches. And uh, taking Samba's third point about that disallowed goal for the Black Stars against Tunisia, here's Deli Akafia, who got in touch from Ghana. It's been an AFCON full of surprises, says Della, where many could testify that the teams that were doing very well to start with were eliminated at the second stage. That Ghana's clean goal wasn't awarded shows that AFCON 2019 in general has a question mark in the aspect of goal monitoring and the introduction of VAR and other stuff. But it all happened for good. We give thanks and praise to God, says Della. Adam Umar Mohammed in Nigeria says... For me, the spirit that Madagascar showed, I will remember for years. And Belong Baji in the Gambia agrees. Yes, Madagascar's qualification for the finals and then reaching the quarterfinal was beyond people's expectations, says Belong. Abrima Manchester in the Gambia says, My most enjoyable game was Kenya against Tanzania. 
Yes, that was a great advert for football, wasn't it? Uh, the local derby there between two neighbours and rivals, and despite the fact that neither could progress from the group stages, and the Harambi Stars eventually winning that topsy-turvy game 3-2. Bakary Jatta in The Gambia says, For me, it was Mahrez's last-minute goal against Nigeria. Uh, yes, and that was the stunning last-minute free kick that Samba Jawo also mentioned just now. In Sierra Leone now, and Fode Sise says, Holistically, AFCON 2019 has gone pretty well. African soccer has impressed me very much in terms of performance and discipline on and off the pitch. More accolades go to FIFA for bringing in the new rules and regulations. But to me, the fundamental changes have made no real difference to this year's AFCON. Mohamed Dahaba in The Gambia says, For me, the highlights were Odia Nigalo being the top scorer and Egypt, the host nation, being knocked out by an average South Africa team. Truly speaking, these are my moments to remember in the years to come. And finally, Modu Drame in The Gambia says, The changes are good and I really appreciate them, but I'm appealing to CAF to move AFCON to every three years so it will not fall too often. This is my take, says Modu. So uh, there you are, Steve. Uh, what do you think about that then? Moving the Cup of Nations to every three years rather than every two, as it is at present? Uh, well, mathematically, that would be a problem because we'd end up with the Nations Cup clashing with the World Cup in some years. Uh, so 2019, uh, just having had the Nations Cup, add three years, you get 2022 and the World Cup is on in Qatar then. So maybe you could say perhaps the Nations Cup should be held every four years rather than every two years, like the European Championships. Uh, but CAF has always wanted it every two years to help to develop African football. Well, thanks, Adrian. Interesting there. Thanks for all of those comments. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and from Stuart Weir and Adrian Barnard in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.